Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week, we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. Episode 2211, Leadership Ingredient, Compassion. All the recipe ingredients up to this point have led to this crescendo. Um, Our relationship is a perfect illustration of how clarity and uh, better comprehension can happen when you work with other people because it was you who converted this, I had always dubbed this the progression of leadership because for me, one led to the other. And then it was kind of this endless loop. It was like, you don't, you don't just leave one behind. You don't just put a check mark by humility and go, okay, done that. No, we got to keep on doing that. And then in every interaction, yeah, at, at, at every level. Right. And you, you had a very different idea about it, which I've come to really, well, I appreciate it right out of the gate, but more and more in calling these ingredients that it's a recipe, it's a leadership recipe, which is why we've dubbed it this. So I, I want to be sure to give you, give you due credit, but we're up to compassion. Very simply, I have always defined compassion as a focus on others. Let's reiterate. We've also defined leadership as a focus on others and doing for an influence and doing for others what they can't do for themselves. And yep, there's a reason that they both kind of sort of sound, sound the same. I want to begin with a, with a, a brief story. So I'm with a business owner and he's showing me around his facility and we walk over to a warehouse and there's a warehouse manager and there's some of those packing peanuts on the floor. He clears out about a three foot space and pitches a wall-eyed fit. He upbraids this warehouse. I've, I had, I don't know that I've, I've seen tyrannical behavior, but I mean, this was next level. He went on a tirade and just laid this young fellow low and the young fellow looked at him at some point and I thought, Oh, well, this isn't going to go well. (laughs) And he said, you know, I, and he was very respectful, but he said, I, I really don't appreciate being talked to like that. And I thought, I mean, I probably did take a step back because I'm just lightning's going to strike and this kid's going to be just just a smoke, (laughs) a puff of smoke. Right. I don't remember how, how it ended, but we leave and we're walking. Oh, I remember how it ended. He said, you don't understand. The business owner says, you don't understand. It's my job to catch you doing things wrong. Well, that stuck with me. So we leave and we're walking back to the business owner's office. And I said, did you really, you really mean that? Yeah. And I said, but what if your job was to catch people doing it right? How do you think that would work? I remember we got back to his office and we sat down and I'd always, I'm a dog guy and I'd had dogs 
I'm not a professional trainer or anything like that, but I said, would you believe that I could take a puppy and would you believe that within about two weeks I can house break as long as the puppy is healthy mentally and physically, would you believe that I could house break a puppy in less than two weeks, probably in a week without a rolled up newspaper or rubbing his nose in it? And he looked at me and he said, yeah, you probably could. I said, then what do you think could be done with humans? And he didn't have an answer. Great answer. He didn't yeah. have an answer. Is that compassion? Yeah, it is. It may not be how you're thinking about it, but it's a focus on others. And it's a focus on what can we do? What contribution can I make to help this person achieve more, be better, improve, grow, and Randy, where was that that individual that berated the other? What level was he as compared to you? Oh, he was an owner. He was a business owner. I was just I was just visiting the place. He was he owned the he owned the place. And so, perfect example of how in that scenario you served another, and you didn't have to be above them. You didn't have to. You didn't. You weren't a peer. But we oh, talked about nobody. how to. Yeah, we there. talked about how to serve others perfect example how to serve somebody, you know, people say, well, I can't really serve up. I've just got to follow directions. No, no, you don't. I mean, well, yes, you need, <laughs> you need to follow directions, but you can serve, you can serve up and out and down. You know, we've talked about that a lot. And that's a great example of how you did that with grace. You could have said, dude, what are you doing? You looked absolutely tyrannical. I mean, you could have really done the same thing to him, but oh, you yeah. didn't, yeah. but you didn't. And what impact did that conversation have versus the other way? Yeah. But Just, how many times do we engage in, in, in conversations and communication and we're, we're thinking about what we want to say that's and right. we know, and we know why we want to say it, but how often do we stop and think? okay, I know what I want to say, and I know how good it's going to make me feel to say this, but is, but it, going to, is it going to be helpful? Right. What purpose is it going to serve? And in many, many, many cases for leaders, particularly leaders who have a title or a position, yeah, it makes me feel better. I feel better. I got that off my chest. Did it help anything? Oh, no, it didn't help anything, but it helped me. And so I feel better for it. Well, that's not compassion. That's not compassion. And we're not talking about holding hands, singing Kumbaya, you know, fluffy. So if you're thinking, well, that's what compassion is. No. And here's where it can be self-serving. And you've probably heard this. And if you have, then I apologize for repeating it, but I'll keep it brief. So we live in Dallas, Fort Worth, Texas, there's a ton of traffic and it's getting worse by the day. Road rage is just a thing. Now right. it may not be a thing where you are, then you're blessed. I'm happy for you. <laughs> uh, but it is for us and somebody you're on your way to work. You got coffee in your lap and somebody cuts you off and you're immediately thinking the worst. Now the judgment kicks in and 
this it was dirt. intentional. It was yeah. purposeful. They're trying to exactly. tick me off on a Monday. Well, this dirty, <laughs> rotten so-and-so, and who do they think they are? Their time is more valuable than me. They think they're all that and then some, and we get all amped up. And meanwhile, this dude is two more miles up the road. He doesn't think about us at all. We go to work, and we walk in the door, and we're hacked. Our blood pressure's up. We're amped up. We're We're telling everybody we know. This dude doesn't even know who we are. So I've often challenged clients. Well, what if you just gave some grace to this person? Okay. We don't have knowledge. We don't have understanding. We do have curiosity. We can engage humility. And this is the other good thing about these ingredients as you, as you have dubbed them is we can kind of jump around as needed. So in this particular situation, our curiosity really can't be satisfied because we don't know this guy. We have no clue why this guy cut us off knowledge. All we know is what we know. He did cut us off. We don't know why, which is the answer to understanding. So three of these five ingredients, they're not even possible for us, but humility and compassion are, I can still leverage these two things and I could assume I could assume something better. I could give this person some grace and some compassion and everybody universally will tell me, well, he doesn't deserve it. Okay. Let's give it to him anyway. Let's don't think about him. Let's think about you. Let's think about how this impacts you, you giving him grace, you giving some compassion to this complete stranger who cut you off in traffic. Does it change your world? Absolutely. And they'll think for a minute. Yeah. Everybody says, yeah, yeah, it does. So yeah. you don't go in amped up. You don't go in with your blood pressure up. You go in thinking poor guy rushing to the hospital, got a bad phone call. Could have been any number of things. That's right. You don't know. Yeah, but it wasn't. I just know it wasn't. Okay. <laughs> do so we, what if you, what, do if you we know? what if you tell yourself a different story though? Right. Why not? That's right. This is the case we're telling a different story with a positive spin benefits us all of that to say compassion has a whole lot of different kinds of things. It may be kind of difficult to get your head wrapped around it and throttle it down, but pointedly it's a focus on others. And I guess I might add to that a more positive spin of giving some due consideration to others, giving people, as you have said multiple times, which is an appropriate way to say it. And a lot of people do the benefit of the doubt. That's right. And in compassion, I, I think for, for some compassion can be kind of tough because if you're, you know, you, you and I have talked, you're very high empathy, right? You're, you're like off the charts empathy. You said, yep. yep. Um, yeah, if there was a meter that could measure it, I would peg the meter for sure. Yeah, and I'm by nature, you know, I always say by nature, I'm very self-aware, not natural, supernaturally compassionate. Now I'm I'm nurturing when I need to be, mm -hmm. but I'm very logical, analytical. Everything has to have a purpose, and and sometimes compassion is something I have to refocus on and go, okay, hold hold on, Lisa. I need to think about how this could be in, in, impacting them and understand what's going on. But sometimes I have to revisit that with myself as I'm going into a meeting to make sure I'm armed. And that, that has been brought kind of to the surface a little bit more is, is the only way I know how to explain it. 
because not naturally, I'm just very fat. Everything has to be very, very rigidly fact-based for me, very logical. And so I think as leaders out there, as you're listening, um, even those not leaders on your team, this may not come naturally to everybody. So it may be just like we talked about Randy communication. This may be a skill and an art that you need to work on a little bit. Um, so what did you do? So, I mean, given the way that you're naturally bent, I mean, what, what did you do to try to increase your, I just have to have, I just have to have a lot of self-awareness. Again, I I like to have things in order. There's a progression, um, you know, where I would look at policy and look at, okay, did, did we follow this? Did we do this? Where are we at in the project? Uh, if it's a relationship, have I reached out? Did I communicate? Well, it's just, I'm thinking through the things that I need to get done and compassion. I have to bring that to the top going, okay, now that I, we've talked about this leadership recipe. Now that I have sought knowledge, I asked the questions, I got the knowledge. And now I understand, even if I didn't have that experience in my life, because some of this goes to our life experiences and how we're wired, Mm -hmm. I need to be thoughtful of how it's impacting them. And where their their perspective and where they're coming from, and how is this placing difficulty on them? I gave an example similar to this in a former because we deal with this a lot, and there are a lot of leaders that are not naturally compassionate. That doesn't mean they aren't thoughtful. It just means they want order to things. They want to get things done. They want uh, they expect high performance. They have high performing teams, but. The, a good example that I can think of are things when we haven't had that experience ourselves. Example I gave, uh, I think in another that is very similar to this, where we have a work schedule, you know, let's say, and it wasn't parks, but let's just use parks as an example. Parks has crews in the summer. They come in early hours. They come in 6.30 to 3.30 so that they aren't working as much in the heat of the day in summer in Texas. For those of you not in Texas, we have three seasons, hot, very hot, or stupid hot, we call it, and the other season, <laughs> right? And so in those, they had somebody that was continually late. So let's say, you know, your park crews are supposed to be here. The person keeps getting there at 640 instead of 630. There are challenges with that. And, and in that challenge, the leader was about to discipline them because everybody needed to be there at 630. When we, I said, have you talked to them? Have you, similar to your previous story with Jim, you talked to them about it. No, I haven't talked to them. That's the expectation. They signed it up on when they got here. We posted the hours. Well, true. Found out similar to Jim, they were going through a divorce, got a divorce. They've now, this is a male, gotten custody of the kids, which may not be the norm. You know, back then it wasn't. This is 15 years ago. Um but he had custody of the kids. The daycare didn't open until 6.30. He didn't have an option. And now if you're not as compassionate, you could say, well, the hours are 6.30, period. He needs to find somewhere else to work. You could do that. That is your right, that everybody has to be there. But what if you looked at his situation? He cannot physically drop them off any sooner than 6.30. What if he worked 7 to 4? And he filled in at the end of the day for your crews that had gone home and helps with work orders or finishing those up for the crew member. I mean, is there some option that he could have done differently that still lends value to you and the team, but you're compassionate about his situation 
now that you have understanding, right? Um, so that's the exact example where that, when we have those conversations, when I was talking to the leader, it was all fact-based, not inappropriately. It was, everybody has to be here at 6.30. Those are the hours. I expect the same of all, valid point. We need to get the work done. The crew, entire crew is now behind because they can't go out without him. Okay. But are there other ways? Can you think differently? Can you think outside the box? Is there another solution? Maybe perhaps you talk with the team. Here's our challenge. What do you guys think about the hours? Is anybody else impacted by this that we need to think about? How could we serve our customers better through another solution? You know, those are things when we're talking about this whole leadership recipe, what if you solve that one issue, not just for him, what maybe there were others that were having the same issue and frantic every week when a babysitter calls in that they have in the house, calls in sick and they can't have another absence or they're going to get in trouble. Those are the very things that are, that seem simple to some of us and very difficult for others for either lack of compassion or just trying to keep things in order and logic like I've talked about that I am. That's the best example can I, that I can give because it's real. And I have to bring that in my own spirit, in my own way of working. I have to remember to bring that to the top and think, I may not have faced that. My mother stayed with my kids, right? I, I was fortunate to have her four miles from me and I could drop. It wasn't a daycare. The only time I knew that my husband or I had to take off is if somebody was vomiting because she was like i don't do that so if that is happening don't call and don't bring them over (laughs) you know so we would know but that's very different for others that don't have that circumstance that might be a single family that don't have any family in the area that could do what my mother did for us so you have to understand circumstances and i believe you have to have compassion because it creates a culture that people will want to work harder for you I mean, when you have these leadership ingredients, that is a natural outcome. And I've benefited from that with my team through compassion. They want to work so much harder for me because I have given grace. I have been compassionate. Now, it's also accountability. They know I'm going to give grace, but I need you to be accountable as well. But that's the hurdle. In my experience, the accountability piece is the hurdle because leader after leader in their head, and sometimes they'll articulate it to me, and they'll, they're thinking, but then I give up accountability. And right. I have found it's just the opposite. Have you? I mean, the the more, and we're not talking, listen, we're not talking about fueling victim mentalities. We're not talking about you may have a person on your team who is constantly woe is me, who who looks for any excuse and every excuse who blames everybody for everything. These people do exist. We acknowledge that we're not talking about them. All right. So just table them, set them aside over here. But when it comes to a focus on other people, a focus on other people with compassion necessarily means there is accountability. We have it in our families. We have it in our homes. Hopefully we've got to have it at work. So your experience. So here you are, this, this powerhouse of wanting to get things done, fact-based, got to have the evidence. Now you're having to work at, at compassion. 
where were you, at least in the early stages, if you can remember, were you, were you fearful that you might give up if you gave more compassion, you might give up some accountability? I, I honestly, that was not the issue for me. The issue was as I've grown in my leadership, I've just gone through this journey of being the workhorse to learning truly how to lead. And I think so many people listening may be in that same path. I really had to learn how to become not just focused on the things, which is exactly what we've been talking about. And I was, I can admit, I wanted to get things out the door and was focused less. I led projects. I led my team. I told them what we needed to get done. We had task lists. You know, so was I, it a shift from management to more leadership? Correct. And through that, I had to learn compassion. Honestly, I, and I can honestly say, now others may tell you I'm very compassionate because I've learned how to do that in my current role and over time through my journey in leadership. Does that make sense? Yeah. It, it's, it's something that I've, it's a, like I said, community, like communication, it is a learned skill that I've learned when and where to apply that effectively. Mm-hmm. But it was not in my early years of leading. I was a doer and a, and a get it done um, a technical expert that all the things we've talked about where I had to make a shift over time. And some of that was hard and some of it, I had to refresh. Like you talked about the different, um, places in our life where we go back to our natural tendencies. And when you and I got together, I had stepped back for a minute cause it was under, I was under crisis and under challenges and, career, personal, managing people, you know, issues like that. So and that's when all those default behaviors kick back in. I they mean, do. We, we and it's, revert back to our natural state. That is exactly right. And so compassion for me just had to be learned as a leader, as I went through it. And I saw, you know what, Randy, I saw the value in it as I applied it more and more and more. And now I coach on it. You know, now I don't ever say you, you need to be more compassionate. Those words don't come out of my mouth, No, but I tried through curiosity to ask questions where they see the clarity themselves and, and the way we do that. Could it benefit you? If could it benefit you? If you looked at other options that might serve not only that individual, but others as well. And, you know, and I would, as we go down this path, no, we have to be here at six 30. But at other times of the year, you're you're not working at 630. Is that correct? Well, that's true. Is there any reason you couldn't shift for some that then you don't have to hire and go through training and go through a crew member that really needs this job that you say is otherwise a great worker? They just can't get here on time because of something out of their control. Is it possible that maybe you could do an alternate shift? Well, I guess it's possible. I just want everybody on the same shift. So why? Why is it critical? You know, you just keep asking right. questions That's right. and eventually they're like, you know, maybe there are other people that have this same situation that I don't know about. Or maybe there's other people that would have worked for us as a candidate. Can't do those hours because they're in the exact same situation. Are you losing candidates because of it? Could you extend hours and serve more of the public for those that wanted to work later? Mm. They are willing to stay later in the day so others can get off early. And now you have two flexible 
flexible work shifts that it may be an option. So you just have to lead them down the path and teach them compassion for the situation. And they too will see the value in it over time. Well, but it's, why if, it's why I found the road rage thing, you know, helpful because the paradox is we're sitting here talking about compassion and a focus on others, but there's a self benefit here. We benefit as leaders. We benefit our whole team as leaders in trying to exercise compassion and, and think about others and the road rage example, we get all amped up. It wrecks our morning. It could wreck our entire day because we have this thought about this person and it ain't good. It's negative. And so we're all, we're all amped up about it. Leaders do the same thing. You've just described it. We sit here and we think we're boxed in everybody, everybody, if COVID didn't teach us that work is way more flexible than we ever imagined that it could be, well, I don't know what it would take. I mean, That's if right. a global pandemic does not teach us, you know what you <laughs> thought, how you thought things had to be. Well, that ain't not how so they, much. that isn't how they have to be. Not you know, so they, much. They can be different. So yeah, we learned that for sure. Well, and, and, and you, you you put it on the flip side. I, I was in that situation. I probably created road rage because, you know, you know, my story with my mom um, getting COVID in late. Mm-hmm. I can't remember it. 2019, 2020. I don't remember which year it was at this yeah. point, but oxygen falling. I had been caring for her because we couldn't. She's 80. Couldn't get any home health care in our house at the time. Uh, she had started with the cold turned into a cough. We didn't know they didn't have at home tests. We didn't COVID was just ramping up. She had stayed inside. I tried to protect her. Well, she's getting sicker and sicker, but she's doing this vomiting thing just nonstop days and days and days and days, every 30 minutes, get her into, you know, I'm, I'm calling the doctor because her oxygen, it keeps falling. And I've got the little oxygen. I don't even know what it's called. that goes on your finger, right? It is continuing to fall. We're down like at 88, fluctuates from 88 to 91. Not That's not good for those that don't know your oxygen levels, especially for an 80-year-old. And they they just keep telling me, well, it just as long as it's, you know, it gets above 91, I said, for how long? Because it keeps plummeting and then going back up. And she says she can't breathe and she can't move. All of that to be said, the doctor finally says, get her to the hospital. And it's falling and I'm a good 10 minutes away from the hospital. We have to get her to. So I'm in, I, for those that don't know, I have a convertible Camaro. It does know how to go fast and the driver does, <laughs> but I'm I usually drive like a grandma. Well, in this case, I have rolled her into the car cause she can hardly stand on herself. Can't keep her head up. I am driving literally probably 65 on a 40 mile an hour street, if not better. Right. Mm-hmm. And I have somebody I'm trying to get around people just to get there before I'm thinking she is literally going to pass out or have a heart attack or something. Cause her oxygen keeps going. The, the, the great driver that gets irritated and slows down, mm-hmm. keeps slowing down because I'm on their tail. I can't get around them. I'm trying to find an, an escape and they keep slowing down and keep slowing down. And there's cars going by. And all I'm thinking is my mom is going to die right here in my car because some driver thinks I'm being a jerk and I just need to get to the, I need to get to the emergency room. So I'm the other side of that, yeah. you know, and, and I'm irritated that they're causing this problem. 
And how many times I eventually get her there and we get her trained. And she was in the hospital after that for five months. So critical level, they had to bring her stats up. Oxygen was not working. I mean, so this is a person, a desperate need that nobody else around me knew why. And they were the ones probably talking about this ridiculous driver and how they slowed down, how it irritates them. Leaders, how many times are we doing that? We're making like Randy, like you said, we're making our assumptions and putting judgment on them to well, exactly gonna, find that's not the gonna, story. We're going to slow down and we're going to show you. Yes. We're going to show you who's boss. And and could we, you know, the worst case, you always go to the worst case scenario. Could could that decision in that moment without understanding have killed somebody? It might. It could have. Sure. It didn't. Right. But how horrible would they have felt if that had been the story? Yeah. And they did find out they were the cause because they lacked understanding and lacked compassion for what another person might be going through. That's a severe case. We're not saying leaders are in that case every day, but it is clear on why you need understanding and compassion that somebody may be going through something you don't understand. Why not ask about it? Why not see if there's a way to, to improve that for your team and for you and what outcome can it provide? The chances are, it's good for everybody, but you have to be willing to explore it. And you can't do that without this whole recipe, starting with humility and not realizing you may not be the smartest person in the room. I know that's what you've done for 15 years. And that's how every other crew public works operates. But what if you did it different? What if? Well, and as leaders, we have to lead. Somebody way smarter than me said, you know, great leaders see the future first. And I would amplify that and say, great leaders create that future. You know, we help create that future. We have to see it before our, we can expect our team to see it. We have to practice it before we, ha we can expect our, our team to practice it. That's right. And so if we find that, okay, compassion is lacking, any of these ingredients is lacking, Look in the mirror because chances you, are you might be liking one too. Yeah. We have met the enemy and he is us, right? <laughs> there it's, you go. It's that kind of a, it's that kind of a problem. All right. Action items as we, as we leave this and we'll think about, I don't know, do we want to recap this next time? We, do we want to kind of do a once a once over summary of all of this in our next episode or. Do we I want think, to put a pin in it this time? I think we can put a pin in it here. You know, what I would tell you all is as you're exploring these leadership ingredients, compassion is critical through understanding and everything backs up, which you gain through knowledge, which you've learned through curiosity and which started with the foundation, which is humility. You've got to practice those. You've got to be self-aware as a leader. Where do you yourself see that you need improvement in thinking back and how you operate daily? Most of you to have gotten to be a leader have some expertise in some of these, if not many of them. But I suspect there's one area you could name that you do need to work on um, to make you better. And genuinely, we've talked about these being contagious, many of them. Think about if you are lending compassion, what you are then teaching your leaders to do that are beneath you and you're teaching those around you 
that becomes a model for behavior for others, especially those of you listening where you have such high influence to an even greater audience, the HR professionals, the city managers, uh, the, and, and their team, the assistants and the deputy city managers, you are dealing with a wide group from customers to peers, to your leadership team and to the citizens that we serve businesses that we serve. Think how much better you can become if you apply these and are self-aware. Randy. I can't add to that. Okay. Well done. We Thank appreciate you. you clicking play, and we hope that you'll spread the word, help us get the word out about this podcast. I'll make one one final appeal here as we kind of end this little series on these in, uh, recipe ingredients, and that is your feedback. Best way to do that is to go to the website, growgreat.com, use the contact form. Lisa and I both will, will see it. We promise that we'll respond uh, we'd love to hear your stories. We'd love to get any feedback that you care to give us. Uh, we would like, we would like to be able to use some of your questions and other things on the podcast. If you want to remain anonymous, all you got to do is tell us, keep me, keep me out of this. And we're happy to respect your privacy as well, but we appreciate you being part of the audience as we kind of get this podcast underway. I mean, we just, this is number 11, Lisa, we've wrapped up 11. Can't episodes. believe it. No, 11 episodes. So what we're, fun we're having. Yeah. Genuinely. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, well we, we hope the audience is having fun too. So again, right. thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. Tell a friend. Thanks for watching and listening to grow great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com.